This is a Willits Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willits Point Shea Stadium. It is the Subway to Shea podcast. Anthony Rivera here with you, talking about all the news and happenings surrounding that team from Queens, the New York Mets. Episode 65 is here. And first off, before we get into anything, I just want to thank Dan Abrams. You know him as Athlete Logos on Twitter. He was the guest last week on the show, and I'm so grateful to have gotten him on the show and talking to him about the New York Mets Neon Project, to talk about his deal with Breaking Tees and his t-shirt, his fandom as a, a New York Mets fan, and also I gotta thank him for my new neon logo for Subway to Shea. If you're on Twitter and you follow me there, or if you're listening to the podcast and you can see my logo there, you can see that now it is like the Shea neon logo, the Subway to Shea neon logo, and I'm so thankful and grateful he got that out to me. We talked about it last week on the show and very excited for it. Very happy. I saw a lot of you guys like that on Twitter, and it it was just, when I saw it, I was just amazed by it. You know, it's amazing, right? The Mets, amazing, awesome, and I'm very grateful for that. So thank you so much, Dan Abrams, not only for the logo, but for joining the show last week, and we will get him on again to talk about the Mets at some point. But for now, I also want to thank the listeners, all of you, for getting me to 3,000 followers on Twitter. And this week, once this show drops, we are going to reach 10,000 plays on the podcast. So I really appreciate it in this such short time that we've grown together, that we've talked about the Mets, and very happy, very excited for where this show is going. Continue to stick around with me, and we will continue to grow this podcast. What's coming up on today's show? Well, is Dom Smith getting sent down just what J.D. Davis needed to heat up. We'll talk about that. Also, speaking of heating up, Eduardo Escobar seems to have finally found his swing. And with Escobar's stock definitely going up, we've got a pitcher stock that may have taken a dip. We will get into that in a little bit. But first, the Mets dodge a bullet. Wait, 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 not just one, but two bullets with their latest injuries to two very important pieces of the lineup, Starling Marte and Pete Alonso, both left in the first inning of Tuesday's game against the San Diego Padres. Starling Marte suffered left quad tightness after sliding into second base. He was taken out, I think, an inning later. He came out to try to play defense, but it didn't work out for him. And then Pete Alonso, he got hit in the hand on a swing. Pitch came from you, Darvish. He hit three batters that night. It was very frustrating. And then Darvish continued to set down the Mets after all that. But the Alonzo thing was very scary where he got hit. I don't know. It looked like the back of your hand, kind of where the wrist, you know, meets the hand. And the worry was, what could be a break? 
Could it be a fracture? But thankfully, both are listed as day-to-day after the MRI scans. Thankfully, Pete did not break or fracture that hand, which is very important uh, because we could have had the same issue that we had with James McCann, right? James McCann is out because he hurt his hand and there was a fracture there. So we lost him and he's still without the team. And the Mets pitching staff has, has suffered ever since. But Hopefully, all goes well. They're day-to-day right now. Um, No signs of being put on the injured list, but that could change, obviously. Starling Marte and Pete Alonso, two very important pieces to the starting lineup for the New York Mets. And let's get into what they've done so far, right? You look at what Starling Marte has brought to this team, and he has been nothing short of amazing when it comes to getting on base being that speedster that the Mets need he has been what the Mets lacked last season the season before that so I'm just glad that we have a speedster like Marte at the top of the lineup nicely going well with Brandon Nimmo also on top of the lineup you got that one-two punch there so the Mets right now where it stands Starling Marte this season batting 277 on base percentage of 316 OPS of 757 Seven home runs, 33 RBIs, eight stolen bases. In the last 15 games, he's batting 292 with a slugging percentage of 492. Three home runs, 11 RBIs, three walks, and three stolen bases. So him being one of those table setters at the top of the lineup with Brandon Nimmo has always been what has been important to getting this offense started, and it's helped the Mets score a lot of first-inning runs. We've seen it all season long. Something that they lacked last season, right? The Mets would get guys on base. They had no problem with that. Brandon Nimmo had no problem either walking, getting a hit. He always found a way to get on base. And maybe also... Uh, Lindor would get on base sometimes and and Pete Alonso when he was batting second and third he would get on base and the Mets would get bases loaded but they would never score in the first inning here this season they've been scoring in the first inning and you got to attribute a lot of that to the dynamic duo of Brandon Nimmo and Starling Marte you get to worry a little bit with Marte right now because it's a quad injury because it's a leg injury and he needs his legs to run So they might take a little longer in getting him back into the game. It may take him a little longer. I see him, out of all people, being the one that's put on the injured list if they decide to do that. But for now, he says he feels fine. And I guess you got to take him for his word. And I know the Mets, different type of organization run by the Coens and this front office. So we're not going to see the hijinks that we saw when the Wilpons were in play here. They're going to take this seriously. They've taken all of the Mets injuries seriously. And I'm pretty sure also Pete Alonso. Let's look what Pete Alonso has done for this Mets team so far. He has been all around the best player on the team with 16 home runs, 54 RBIs. He's batting 282. He's got an on-base percentage of 363, an OPS of 909. We look at his last 15 games like we did with Starling Marte. Six home runs, 17 RBIs, nine walks. How about that? He's taking some walks here, which is pretty big considering how he struggled last year and in 2020. His on-base percentage, 400, batting 294 with a 686 slugging percentage. Very important to this lineup, not only for his power, but he's hitting the other way. And I've mentioned this in 
previous talks. I think I mentioned this on Talking Mets this past week, which I was a guest on. We'll talk about it later. But we talked about Pete Alonso kind of being like Mike Piazza, right? Mike Piazza, always known as the big bopper of the Mets lineup. He could also hit all over the field. And that's something that Pete Alonso has learned to do this year and has done it very well. He's hitting it opposite field. He's getting opposite field home runs. He has been outstanding this season and the talks of a possible being an MVP candidate. I know it's still early. We'll probably get more into that once we get past the All-Star break and more into August and September. But there has been the talks of what he's done so far this First half of the season is MVP worthy. So him and Marte have been very important to this lineup and losing them. We've seen in the last two games, the Mets offenses suffered. They got shut out against the Padres on the night where they got injured. And then the following day, they didn't score until I think it was the eighth and ninth inning. And they were already down by 13. So there was no coming back. From there, even though, you know, you put your rally caps on and you hope that they can come back, but it just wasn't meant to be. They get the day off, finally, and we head into this series with the Los Angeles Angels, who won a game, I think yesterday, against who won a game against Boston in their last timeout, but they've lost a lot of games. This season has kind of turned its ugly head for the Angels of Anaheim, and they fired Joe Madden. Now, all of a sudden, Noah Syndergaard can't pitch this weekend, so we're not going to get that matchup that we all wanted to see. I don't know why he's not pitching, whether it's fatigue, whether it's injury, whether he just doesn't want to pitch against the Mets. I I, I don't know what it is, and I, I don't want to assume, but it's kind of interesting that he wouldn't pitch at home in Anaheim against the Mets, whereas if it was at City Field, I could see the possibility of him not pitching. So I'm a little bit surprised on that. With going back to Pete Alonso, with him being hurt, the Mets don't have a legitimate first baseman, right? Dom Smith got sent down. So what that means is you have to look at the depth chart. And in the depth chart, you got J.D. Davis and you got Mark Canna. And J.D. Davis has gotten some time in the last two games at first base. He started and him getting this playing time with Dom Smith being the only other legit first baseman being sent down begs the question that I mentioned earlier. Is Dom Smith getting sent down just what J.D. Davis needed to heat up? Because Davis has started to hit a lot more with more playing time. Is that all that he needed? Because you weren't going to get that split time between J.D. Davis and Dom Smith. It wasn't going to work. Neither of them were hitting. So it had to be one or the other. And the Mets decided to keep J.D. Davis. Obviously, Dom Smith has an option, and, and that ended up working out for the Mets. But let's look at what J.D. Davis has done in his last 15 games. 15 hits, 6 RBIs, got 4 walks, He's batting 288, 345 on base percentage, and a slugging of 365. And to be honest, looking at what he's done all season long, batting 245, one home run, 12 RBIs, OPS of 688. You know, I would like to see him start to hit with a little more power. I know power is down, especially with the Mets, but Davis has been known to hit a home run here and there. He's got the, we've talked about the exit velocity of all these hard balls that he's hit for outs. And I, I like to see him start taking some balls out of the park and helping out this offense while Pete is kind of, you know, on the shelf right now. So we really need him to heat up in that area. The bat's coming around, which is great. 
He could probably hold over until Pete returns, which I'm pretty sure is not going to be long. I mentioned Mark Canna. He's also on the depth chart as a first baseman, and he might get an opportunity at some point with Pete out. But what's important is that I think over the last couple of games, you've seen some decent play from J.D. Davis at first base. I'm not going to say he's been amazing. He's not better than Pete Alonso, who's also had his struggles at first base, but Pete has improved season after season, and anytime he has some big struggle at first base, he always comes back and improves and becomes even better. But having J.D. Davis at this point in time with Pete Alonso only being day-to-day, I think it's okay to allow him to play first base. You definitely saw him make some stretches out there, some good stretches, and it looked like he made some splits with some of the tough throws that were being thrown at him. He can scoop very well. You saw Buck Showalter out there with him, showing him some ways he can scoop the ball up and, you know, transfer the ball. So he's going to get that time to play at first base. I think he welcomes the time anytime he could get more playing time since he's not playing at third base. He's not playing in the outfield. He's been mostly DHing. And I think this is good for J.D. Davis. And I've been very hard on J.D. Davis this whole season, especially when people talk so much about the exit velocity and how hard he hits the ball. And all these hard-hit balls don't mean much when they're going into someone's glove or you're getting out. But now we're starting to see Davis come around. Now we're starting to see him hit. I just would like to see a little more power from J.D. Davis. And while he's heating up, someone who is really heating up, who's really scorching right now, and that is one Eduardo Escobar. He seems to have finally found his swing. He must have read my article for Rising Apple not too long ago because I talked about how he needed to step up his game, how he needed to be a huge part of that offense to take it to the next level, and he seemed to have finally found his swing as we look at his stats for this season so far. Now he's gotten his average up to 243, on-base percentage of 311, OPS of 725. He's got five home runs, 25 RBIs, 51 hits in 210 at-bats. But what's most important? We're going to look at the last seven games and the last 15 games. Let's start off with the 15 games, right? He's batting 323, 581 slugging percentage, three home runs, 13 RBIs. And then in the last seven games, batting 370, two home runs, eight RBIs, and a 741 slugging percentage. Eduardo hit for the cycle in San Diego, which was very fun to watch. And let's be honest, this team loves Eduardo Escobar. He's one of the elder statesmen of the team. He's a leader, just like Scherzer was brought in to be a leader. Also, Eduardo Escobar was brought in to be a leader. He's had some big bats in LA against the Dodgers, and we need his bat, especially with Marte and Alonso out. There's kind of like this cyclical thing that goes on with this offense. You'll get an Alonzo, and you'll get McNeil and Lindor. They may all be hitting, and and Nimmo, and then there'll be some guys that are struggling at that time. If we can get this offense on all cylinders at once, we're talking about how the Dodgers are scoring runs, and their run differential is in the three digits. So if we can get them all hitting at once, that would be awesome. By the end of this season, I would love to see them all hitting at once. I know we all would love to see it, but right now with some guys struggling, with injuries happening, Eduardo Escobar has stepped up to the plate and has delivered for the Mets, and they're going to have to rely on that. They're going to have to rely on his leadership, and of all things, get this guy as much Fogo de Chao as he needs so that he can continue to play at this pace. 
Now, with Eduardo Escobar's stock being so high right now, there's one player, a pitcher in particular, whose stock has kind of taken a dip, and that's Chris Bassett. And it's funny, I talked about the, I always talk about this article that I wrote for Eduardo Escobar. I wrote an article earlier on in the season about Chris Bassett and how he could be your new favorite player on the Mets just because he's such a bulldog and he plays hard, but he's struggled recently. So if I got to take credit for that, I also got to take the hits for what's happening, I guess, with Chris Bassett here. His struggles have continued over the last month, uh, over the last five appearances and or through seven games let's let's look at that because mlb.com has it through seven games he's one and two with a 5.79 era he's given up 24 runs in 37 and a third inning you look at his season right now he's four and four with a 4.35 era 74 strikeouts a whip of 1.24 and what I find more interesting is a stat from Pat Ragazzo on Twitter you know him from Sports Illustrated he's been on the show before he said Chris Bassett's first seven starts a 2.34 ERA and five of those times he was caught by James McCann one each of those the other two were Tomas Nito and Patrick Mazika now the last five starts which has been caught three times by Tomas Nito and twice by Patrick Mazika he has a 7.62 ERA he's struggling and this is why James McCann is so important whether he hits or not the most important thing is the way he frames at the plate the way he's able to throw to second base with that cannon of an arm and how he handles the pitching staff and he's done well handling the pitching staff last season and this season and that's what's really important right now and he is desperately needed to come back we need Chris Bassett to get back on track here because he has desperately struggled we saw it that little cross-up that he had with Patrick Mazika with the signs and I guess that was actually those signs was actually a sign of things to come because he struggled so much in the last seven games. He struggled so much. Now, looking more into what Pat Ragazzo said that with McCann, he said in early May, it took some time for him and McCann to figure each other out and make proper adjustments to the game plan. And that right there resulted in the clunker that he had against San Francisco. This is all from Pat Rugazzo, and he also goes on to say, more so growing pains between me and McCann and just getting to know each other and how teams like to attack. I think it wasn't great that my start against the Giants happened, but it was good moving forward because it showed us what we needed to work on, and that was from Chris Bassett. I'm reading it right through Pat Rugazzo's Twitter. He posted that quote, we really need Chris Bassett to step up with Scherzer and DeGrom out. I know he's been frustrated with himself. He was disappointed with himself. He said it in the latest press conference after his loss. It's obvious, like I said, the Mets need James McCann, but Chris Bassett needs to step up. He needs to be the ace of the team while these guys are out. I thought without DeGrom and Scherzer, for sure, that Chris Bassett could lead this rotation. He has the mentality, but the production just hasn't been there. The pitcher who's really led the charge for the Mets is Carlos Carrasco. Cookie. Cookie has been the one who has led this rotation. Cookie is 7-1. His ERA is up there, 3.52, but he's got 61 strikeouts in 64 innings, 
His last seven games, kind of reminiscent of how Scherzer ended his season with the Dodgers without losing, his last seven games, Carrasco is 6-0 with a 3 ERA, 38 strikeouts in 42 innings pitched. The rest of this rotation, besides Cookie, besides Bassett, we're talking about Taiwan Walker, who we kind of know what we're getting. Right with Taiwan Walker, we know what we're getting. He's three and two with 3.28 ERA. He had besides that Phillies game where the Mets came back and this game in San Diego. I think that Taiwan Walker has pitched very well. Even that game against the Dodgers, he got in and out of jams. He held them to two runs, gave the Mets the opportunity to come back. The Mets just were held scoreless. And that was the first game that they were held scoreless all season. So Taiwan Walker has been pretty good as well. David Peterson, who has struggled the last couple outings, 2-0 with a 2.97 ERA. And we'll see if he can continue to turn the corner. Also, who's pitched well? Trevor Williams. I know he's 1-3, but he's got a 3.58 ERA now. More repetition for him, like J.D. Davis, and he's starting to pitch better. Starting to pitch way better and help the Mets. He helped the Mets win in L.A., as, as well as David Peterson's outing. They won that game. It's crazy that they lost the Taiwan Walker game and the Chris Bassett game against the back end of the rotation of the Dodgers, and then the back end rotation of the Mets beats the front end rotation of the Dodgers. It was a weird four-game series. The Mets split. We were grateful for that, especially going in with the Dodgers being possibly the best team in the National League, and it was good to see the Mets keep up. A big thing happening. We talked about Syndergaard not pitching this weekend, but luckily for the New York Mets, the big drip is making his return. Tyler McGill returning to the rotation on Friday It's great to see him back after suffering with bicep tendinitis. He's been out since May 11th, and the Mets took a real big hit losing him as well in the rotation. He was 4-2 with a 4.41 ERA. He had 37 strikeouts in 34 and two-thirds innings pitched. He has been desperately missed, and it's so glad that he is returning and hopefully can revert back to those first four games that we saw Tyler pitch. And with Big Drip coming back, the good news with Polar Bear and Starling Marte, it's time to keep the positive vibes right now. It's a tough month, but stay positive, Met fans. I know some is doom and gloom. I know there's the lingering effects of the Wilpon frustrations, the Wilpon era. But this is not that era anymore. Steve Cohen owns the team now. I truly believe that this season is going to be different. Until proven wrong, the Mets right now are in first place. They have a decent lead. It's a tough month. You have the West Coast trip, barely any days off. The Braves and the Phillies are playing well. It seems to all be hitting us at once. But you look at the standings. The Mets are six and a half games up on Atlanta, who have hit an eight-game winning streak. They're nine games above Philly, who has a seven-game winning streak. At some point, those winning streaks will go away. The Mets have not even hit their winning streak yet, which I hope comes soon. But at some point, gas is going to run out. It runs out for all the teams. Every season, every team in every league, it, the gas runs out and you hit a little bit of empty. And then you have to recharge. You get the all-star break to recharge and get yourself going again. But the Mets have done the job that they were supposed to do. They beat up on the terrible teams. And they've done a good job of playing against some of the National League's best teams. The Cardinals. The Dodgers. Look at the Mets winning percentage. 
644 right now. Yes, they've lost two games in a row. Yes, they're dealing with injuries. They have the best differential when it comes to runs, a plus 64. They're 19 and 8 at home, 19 and 13 away. This is the perfect series for the Mets to come into with a struggling Angels lineup and a struggling Angels organization altogether. Tyler McGill's coming back. At some point next week, because I'm not going to count on it this weekend, but at some point Pete Alonso will be back and Starling Marte will be back. Got great news on Max Scherzer. He's ahead of schedule with his rehab. Pat Ragazzo reported it for Sports Illustrated. Scherzer should be nearing a return real soon. Definitely at some point in maybe early July or quite possibly after the All-Star break. But Scherzer, who is 5-1 with a 2.54 ERA this season with the Mets, is going to be a game changer when he returns. And so is Jacob deGrom. And hopefully at some point, when both of them return, we can get that dream rotation that we've been wanting. The one that MLB.com said was the number one rotation in all of baseball. Hopefully we get that. So stay positive, Met fans. That's all I want you to do. Go through this weekend. Stay positive. I hope the Mets win this series. I'm confident that they will, but it's possible that they won't. They can't win every series, but you want them to beat the struggling teams, and hopefully they can do that. Stay positive. Positive vibes only right now, Mets fans. Positive vibes only. Now, My final notes before this train leaves the station. I made a couple appearances this week on other podcasts. Monday on Talking Mets with Mike Silva. And I also did Thursday with the Metsian podcast. That's Sam Maxwell, Rich Sparago, and Mike Lickelant. Check out my bio. The links will be in there in the description of this week's podcast. I'll have links to both episodes that I was a part of. And and take a listen It was a good couple of shows that I did, good conversations on where this Mets team is right now and where they're going in the future. Make sure to check that out. I'll post those in the description of this week's podcast. That will do it. That will wrap it up. And as we wrap it up here, make sure to follow Subway to Shea on Twitter and Instagram, at Subway to Shea. Listen to the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Pocket Casts. Turn on those notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. If you're a new listener to this podcast, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you consider subscribing on any of the platforms I just mentioned. Also, make sure to share it with your fellow Met fans. Let them know this is the Mets podcast to listen to. If you've been a supporter this whole entire time, I can't thank you enough. This show would not be where it is without you, and because of that, Subway to Shea is global. This podcast is not only played in the United States, but also has reaches across the globe. And no matter where you listen, please take a few minutes to write me a review and let me know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like. I want to make this show better each and every week. So by going on Apple Podcasts, rating the show from one to five stars, Hopefully you're giving me five stars and leaving comments in the review section. It could only help to make this show grow bigger and bigger each and every week. And I got a review here from Jeff Cohen seven. He goes a top notch Mets podcast. Anthony Rivera is a passionate Mets fan who has the best voice in the podcast universe, a knowledgeable Mets fan. He knows the team inside and out and he doesn't hold back in his praise or criticism 
whatever is called for. A must-podcast addition to your podcast feed. Highly recommended. Well, thank you for those kind words, Jeff Cohen7. I really appreciate it. Best voice in podcast universe. Wow, that's awesome. I hope the rest of you think the same as well. If you're listening to this, I assume that you think the same. So thank you for that, Jeff Cohen7, and thank you all that listen. You can also rate the show on Spotify. There's an option to do that. If you listen to the show on Spotify, you just click on that star button and rate the show there. Also, don't forget to follow my work for Rising Apple. Rising Apple is a New York Mets site on the fan-sided network. You can read my articles by going to risingapple.com or checking out the links in the description of this week's podcast episode. I did a couple articles on Eduardo Escobar and David Peterson. Those were the last couple. You can find those as well as all the articles that I have done. Link will be in the description. Make sure to follow Rising Apple on Twitter at Rising Apple Blog and the Fan Sided Network at Fan Sided. Thank you everyone so much for tuning in. I appreciate you all so very much and I can't say that enough. And that will do it for this week's podcast. Always remember... To listen, subscribe, share, and review for Anthony Rivera, you've been listening to Subway to Shea. Let's go Mets.